and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ajlene. And I'm Gracie. And this is called The Feminist Critique, where we review movies, put them to both feminist and inclusive tests, and then we ask the most important question of them all. Is the movie good? And today, we have a guest with Hello. us. <laughs> yeah. Toasty, my old co-worker. <laughs> Co-worker, co-host, master of the show, nothing special. <laughs> uh, my, our show. It. Yeah, our show. Our <laughs> Until those former bastards. show. <laughs> hey, now, shush, 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 shush. We're still under a certain order. <laughs> oh, dear. You keep your money, don't you? Your hush money? <laughs> my hush money. <laughs> That's all gone? Yeah, my hush money was like a thousand bucks. Cool. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a really cheap payoff. I think Michael Cohen got more. Hey, you know what? For, for three months of working there, that's pretty good, actually, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, this is our last 80s month movie, and today we're doing Working Girl, which came out in 1988. I'd never seen this movie or heard of this movie before. How did you... You'd never heard of this movie before? Never heard of this movie until you mentioned it. I thought... She's not alone. I've never heard of it. I thought it was a Patricia Arquette movie. But that's Saving Susan or something like that. I'm very surprised. Don't you watch Bob's Burgers, no. Toasty? Yeah, so how am I supposed to suddenly know about a movie I've never heard of before? I'm like, oh, I get the reference. Ha ha ha. They had a whole episode where they did a musical based off of oh, the movie Working Girl. Because I watched that episode of Bob's Burgers about Working Girl, I should have immediately known, like, hey, I know that movie I've never heard of before now. The reference only works if you watch the movie, and then you get the reference. <laughs> That's how references work, Ashleen. Pick up a dictionary. Oh, I no. feel like this is going to be like... Pound Are you already Ashley? regretting bringing me on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's International Women's Day. <laughs> it is. It is International Women's Day as we're recording this. Um, so, uh, can I just say, um, what about International Men's Day? Uh, hello. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, uh, that's hilarious. Like that. It's in there. November. Yeah, there already is <laughs> one. And it's in November. Every day is International Men's Day. Am I right, guys? Am I right? Well, you yeah, are. because you know, <laughs> it's just you, like uh, it's just like why isn't there a White History Month? Because every day is White History. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, I'm going to go through some stats first, and then we'll get to talking about this movie that neither Toasty nor I had seen before. Um, Or heard of. (laughs) Or heard of, exactly. Uh, So Rotten Tomatoes has it as 85% critical and 65% audience. So I was actually surprised by that. I was like, wow, not a lot of people like this movie, because I really enjoyed it. So... I can see probably where they're coming from because it's slow in parts, but that's for later. Um, it had a budget of $28 million and a box office of $103 million, so it Holy did very shit. well. Um, very well. It was directed by Mike Nichols, who had directed The Graduate, uh, Closer, and a TV show for HBO called Angels in America. Of course, you know, The Graduate is Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. 
Yeah, you know, the whole, I think you're trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson kind of thing. Yeah, he did that movie. I never, I never watched that movie. So. I haven't watched it either, but it's a classic. Apparently. I haven't watched or heard of most of those. <laughs> um, it was written by Kevin Wade, who did the movie Made in Manhattan, and the movie Junior. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the cast was it made in Manhattan? Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, okay, I was gonna say, wasn't made in Manhattan really bad or something? No, it was just kind of boring. It was a J Lo movie, and uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, with uh, Ray Fiennes as the main guy where he wasn't a villain. (laughs) Oh, you know, Ray Fiennes is typecast, he's always the villain. I mean, he's Voldemort for crying out loud. (laughs) Well, there's some stuff where he's not the villain and it's really good. Eh, nothing yeah, like off the top of my head. Was. Wasn't uh, he the Budapest villain? Budapest Hotel. Sh- wasn't he the? I'm pretty sure he was Schindler in Schindler's List. No, he wasn't Schindler. Schindler's Liam List Neeson. was Liam Neeson. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was a bad Nazi. I'm sure, pretty sure he was a bad Nazi in that movie. Grand oh, Budapest Schindler. Hotel was a good one. And he was a really movie. honorable guy. Huh. He was a really stellar dude. Okay, well, he typically... Really my, my thing is, is like I typically don't see him in a role where he's not the villain, so... Are you going to uh, watch more, way more Wes Anderson movies? Because they are... They're good. Uh, I don't like his style. Um, I like the whimsical <laughs> settings, so... Anyway, so we're going to go through our cast now. Uh, We have Melanie Griffith as Tess. She's known for movies like Now and Then and Crazy Anna Alabama. Really, this is the most notable role she ever had. It's her highest grossing movie. So, Uh, Harrison Harrison Ford plays Jack Trainer. He's known for Star Wars, Air Force One, and most recently, he's doing his first voiceover work for The Secret Life of Pets Two. Uh, wow, Sig- okay. Yep, Sigourney Weaver plays Catherine, best known for Alien. She was also in a movie called Snow White, Tale of Terror. She's got, uh, think recently she was in Iron Fist or in what The Defenders, one or the other. Oh, yeah, she was. She played, like, the bad person. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, Joan Cusack is in this movie. She plays Sin. She was in uh, Shameless, Sixteen Candles, Adam's Family Values. And she's known for being the side chick in uh, all rom-coms. She really is, like, the secondary character in every movie she's in. Uh, Alec Baldwin plays Mick. He's known for 30 Rock. He's been in movies like It's Complicated. Most recently known for his jam-up Donald Trump impression on Saturday Night Live. Um... Philip Bosco plays Trask. I knew him from the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie It Takes Two. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> I did. Oh god. I was like, it's Vincenzo. <laughs> uh Oliver wow. Platt. Oliver Platt only has like five minutes in this movie, but he pl- he plays Lutz. And he was in one of my favorite movies, which is Casanova, and he was also in a really great TV show called The Big C. Um, Kevin Spacey has two minutes in this movie. Uh, he plays Kevin Spacey as himself. Right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Kevin Spacey as himself, but with the uh, pseudonym of Bob Speck. Um, 
<laughs> he was uh, most recently in House of Cards, uh, known for American Beauty, Baby Driver, Seven. Um, and his career being ruined. And his career being ruined because he's a fucking horrible human being that sexually hey, assaulted Hey, people. leave him alone. He's gay, so that makes everything okay. <laughs> I hate that so much. It's like, it's a, I'm sorry I did it, I'm gay. Like, no, no, dude, no. Um, and then Olympia Dukakis makes a cameo. She's best known for things like Steel Magnolias. So. Oh, there was also two cameos, too. Uh, David Duchovny, and oh. then uh, Ricky Lake was also in this movie for, like, a brief second. Yeah. I never saw any of them. I, David I really Duchovny was kind of in the background. I have, I think I put it in my trivia. It was, like, his first on-screen role, and he had no speaking lines. Oh. He was just kind of, like, a back, background extra. So, technically, it wasn't a cameo as much as it was just being an extra <laughs> the beginning of a career exactly yeah. where Ricky Lake she had just done um Hairspray so this was like her second movie I assume because Hairspray was her first one yep yep alright so gone through everybody that was major so now we're going to talk about this movie and it opens with like this big amazing shot of the Statue of Liberty and the Twin Towers in the background and all I could think was like, wow, this is depressing. Why, Gracie? That was a super 80s intro. <laughs> it really was. It sounded like African music and I was like, this is a completely white movie. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, it, well, like, there's a lot of shots in this movie of, like, just New York in general, and as I was watching, I was like, man, I wonder how they filmed this, and I was like, oh, yeah, helicopters, they didn't have drones back then. Because, <laughs> like, they were definitely, like, drone shots, like, you would see drones doing these shots now, but... For some of your age, Ashley, you really forget old technology very easily. Well, this movie came out when I was born, okay? <laughs> How did we fly before drones? I don't know. <laughs> how, are, how are movies filmed before drones? <laughs> what are those whirly things that fly around? They look cool. You know what? I feel really bad, though, because drones have taken the jobs away from helicopter pilots. <laughs> yeah, nothing cool. like a dangerously flying in a helicopter way up high and risking your life. Hey, I might have to do that at one point in my career, so suck it up, Buttercup. Great. Um, well, that's not me, so I don't have to worry. <laughs> um, so after after we get this big, huge opening shot, you see Tess and her friend Sin walking down, and Tess is going to work. You know, Tess... Tess is a very quiet, very shy kind of person. You know, she doesn't have a very outgoing personality. And, you know, Despite she's like, that hair. Oh, that hair is peak 80s. Yeah. <laughs> That's as 80s as it comes? <laughs> oh, man. It was a mullet and it was high, you know, like a foot high. So. Oh, Gracie, you know the old saying that they say the down in the The higher the hair, the closer to God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a southern tradition around here. Still, still, still applies. <laughs> yeah, that's because some people still have hair from the 80s. They do. I know people with mullets. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, she, Tess, Tess has ambition. She doesn't want to just be a secretary, you know? And she, 
But that's women's work. That's where we belong, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she brings it up to her boss, who sits right next to her. And, you know, he, he makes a joke about how, oh, well, you know, like, you're going up against people that went to Harvard. And you're just, what did you do? Take some night school? Like, what an ass. Okay, I'd like to uh, mention something that I that caught my eye that no one has mentioned is the fact that she took off her shoes right at her desk, right in the middle of nowhere. I've worked with a guy who clipped his nails at work. Ooh. Just taking your feet right out at work, that shit's gross. I'm sorry. Well, what do you but expect she should have been reprimanded for that. What do you what do you expect her to do? Walk in those heels all the way from the train station? I don't Yeah, she was going Maybe she not give a shit and wear whatever the fuck she would. She was on the Staten Island uh, Island Ferry, right? Like, that's a long ferry ride across the fucking bay. So. Just don't wear high heels. They're stupid anyways. But see, that was part uh, of her dress be- code. Yeah, during the 1980s, if you were a woman not wearing high heels, like, you would be reprimanded big time. Yeah. Okay. There's, I stand by my places. argument. There's still, <laughs> still gross. Places. Yeah, honestly, I'm sorry, but we don't need bare feet at work. Well, there's still places no where feet. women waitress and they have to wear high heel shoes while they waitress. Yeah. And that shit's ridiculous. It is. Well, yeah. That's why there's, you know, things going into law now to prevent That's why that. she should have to wear those high heels everywhere. Nobody needs your gross feet at work, girl. No, I'm just <laughs> fucking around. <laughs> I understand. We're going to get angry hate mail because of this. I can already see it. <laughs> or people uh, are going to want me to come back. We actually got like 100 downloads just in like the last 24 hours. So. Okay, everyone's already listened to your podcast. You don't need to brag to the people <laughs> that are already listening, Ashley. 100 downloads. Oh, I was just so impressed today. I was just like, I know she was texting me. She's like, Gracie, have you checked the numbers? And I'm like, no, I'm at work. I don't have a job, okay? It's all I have in my life. Give me a break. (laughs) Um, Give me a fucking break, you pieces of shit. So after, you know, Tess, Tess has this idea about some kind of stock thing. I don't know. Um, because I'm a woman who doesn't understand finances. <laughs> uh, I'm a guy that doesn't understand finances. That shit's complicated. Yeah, I don't know math. <laughs> I went to radio school. <laughs> um, and how'd you get through high school? Um, I just... That's a good question. I see. How the fuck All right, did I anyways. Ashley's like, I had a joke and it completely left me. <laughs> um, so, you know, Tess makes a suggestion to her boss and her boss is like, nah. And also, you know, my friend Bob Speck is in need of an assistant. You you can try that. And then uh, she's like, please tell me this isn't a setup. And he's like, do I look like a pimp? <laughs> like, you ass. Yeah. Ooh. Because guess what? Sexism, sexism in the workplace was quite relevant in the 80s. Yeah, it's so funny. Ha ha ha. Ugh. What a dick. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, so, like, well, that's what you, you get when you watch an 80s movie in 2019. I don't uh, know. This movie was like surprisingly feminist for her. Like, yeah, I was surprised by how progressive some of the themes were for a movie that came out in the 80s. So. 
Except for the parts where they're like, let's show her in her underwear. Girl power! Yeah, let's show her, uh, but that's later, but she's like vacuuming naked and I was like, this is just the male director wanting a tit shot. Hey, you know what'll really make we women feel empowered? Seeing our lead lady in lingerie. Fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah, you can definitely tell some of this had the male gaze in mind for the director because... Oh yeah. Like, the male director took unnecessary nude shots and shit, yeah. Um... But anyway, this Bob Speck guy that Tess goes to meet and ride in his limo is played by Kevin Spacey, who's playing himself as a cokehead and an whose director was <laughs> the director. Was director was, okay, Kevin, I need you to be yourself. Kevin's <laughs> like, she's a guy. I got this. I got this. I don't let need me, any directions. Like, let, let me watch work my magic. Let me me make jokes and then motorboat this woman and squeeze her boobs. That'll be great. But I'm gay. (laughs) But I have plenty of experience being like that. Oh, God. You know, it's times like this when I think about Kevin Spacey's career and the amount of times he played a sexual predator. And I'm like... Wow, life imitates art. Or is it art Did you guys see life? that Did you guys see that creepy video he shared a couple months back where oh, he was pretending yeah. to be his character from that Netflix uh, House of Cards? It that was really creepy. Yeah, he's the fucking worst. <laughs> like just die Kevin Spacey. Nobody cares about you anymore. So. I don't know about wishing death upon a person, no matter how shitty they are, but whatever. This ain't my podcast, so we'll just go with the flow. <laughs> die, Kevin Spacey, die. <laughs> Hashtag feminism. <laughs> feminism means to me, die, Kevin Spacey, die. Listen, I don't wish ill on him either, but I wouldn't cry. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's totally fair. You don't have to. Like... If I had to pick between, you know, him and Donald Trump, I'd just eat a sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, if, if they so were both drowning, like, I'd just eat a sandwich. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like that trolley problem where it's like, uh, Trump <laughs> is on one track and then Kevin Spacey is on the other. So you try to make it so it just stays on both tracks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now I'm going to be on a watch list. <laughs> you too. <laughs> that's, that's a watch list you want to be on though. <laughs> Uh, I was punk. Okay. No, because she can't come to Canada then. God. She's on the well, no fly list. The, I didn't know your friend was in the States. Yeah, she, can't you under, like, her accent is super, like, No, I know, can't. My, my accent nope. is actually not that Southern when I talk to you. It's only Southern when I get angry. It's true. Plus, I have friends who are from Texas, and, you know, it's not that heavy. In many cases, so yeah. Well, you know, your 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 accent adapts to who you talk to. It's code switching. Like the way I hey. talk, the way I talk here is not the same as people I talk to in my everyday life because my accent comes out more. So it's that kind of thing. Um, but back to the movie. <laughs> Tess ends up like getting out of the car in the fucking snow because like nobody wants to be sexually assaulted. And then she she comes into work after she's done this interview, and her boss is like, you're late. And so what does she do? She sits down at her desk and then starts typing away at the computer and basically says that he's a pimp with a small dick. 
And then she gets up and she leaves. You know, as you do. Yep. 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 So uh, then she goes, sure. to, she goes to temp services to get her a new job. And Olympia Dukakis is like, well, honey, you're not going to get anything else. It's the worst Jersey accent. <laughs> what, yours? Uh, hers, too. Like, mm. it's bad. She's like, this is my last time helping you. <laughs> Jesus, you sound like Arnold. That's more like a Boston accent. Look, girl, I can't get you another job. You need to just really get on the ball here. I don't know. You're busting my feminine balls here. <laughs> that's actually this... pretty decent, considering. <laughs> that's great. I had an, I had an Italian Boston boss once, and that's that's where I picked it up from. But like, she was really like the epitome of the Boston Italian stereotype. She would always be like, Gracie, what are you, stupid or something? Just go away. Don't talk to me. Just do your work. And I'm like, okay. But then she would <laughs> say, like, southern words. and she Oh, my God. Say... My favorite thing is when she said over yonder in her Boston Italian accent. It's the best. She was like, it's over yonder. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> uh, so, you know, after temp services help her. Uh, helps her. She ends up getting a temp job. And what she notices is like everybody's happy and talking and you know enjoying themselves as she's starting to load up her desk. And as soon as boss lady walks in, everyone straightens up, gets quiet, starts working. Which is an ominous sign. Yeah. Um, that's a yeah, clue to so us. That's, that's a clue. Yep. She's a little um, so that's the part. <laughs> that's when Catherine comes in, and Catherine is the epitome of you know the '80s businesswoman. She is. She has her life in order. She exercises. She has shoulder pads, and she is just about business, business, business. Yeah, but she also has time for a man because, like, that's one of the things that pops up. You know. Well, yeah, you have to have a little something-something on the side. Yeah, of course. How else will you be she... an 80s businesswoman without a little something-something on the side? Yeah, you can't be a good uh, female businesswoman without a good decking, apparently. <laughs> According <laughs> to the movie. I mean... Harrison Ford in his prime. Like, hell yeah, I get it. I'd like that dickin'. <laughs> hell Harrison Ford now. I mean, I'm not gay, but damn. <laughs> Except yeah. don't ride with him in a plane. <laughs> that is my favorite Hollywood joke. It's true. Like, every time Harrison Ford is involved on an airline, something goes terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> or yeah, he flies like is what I'm talking about. <laughs> or that time that, you know, he was uh, in that movie, Air Force One. Didn't it blow up? Yeah, I think so. I, I, don't know, I, don't... I haven't seen it. In a really well, we're not here to talk time. about that movie. We're here to talk about business ladies and shoulder pads and lingerie. Hell yeah. Um, so... <laughs> That's the only way we got toasty in. We were like, yeah, so this is about hot business ladies in lingerie. And he was like, yes. I am on board. <laughs> that is not true at all. We're just like, Toasty, I need someone entertaining on my show. Can you come along, please? I'm not very good. 
<laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so, you know, Tess, Tess settles into her new job, and at first she's, like, very surprised. A woman is her boss? Oh, my God, that's great. You know, and she feels like she can look up to this woman. They're both the same age. She's, like, two or three months older than her. You know, they're both the same age. And yet she sees that this woman has managed to make a huge career while she is still just a secretary. Yeah. And, you know, she she kind of looks at Catherine as a mentor. And Catherine is like, you know, oh, it's an open door policy. She said, you know, just tame down your makeup and your hair a little bit. You know, dress a little more conservatively. And, you know, like, you share ideas with me and I like them. I'll run them past, uh, you know, and see what we can do. You know, because this is a partnership. But you can totally tell that she's super passive aggressive as they're developing this mentorship, friendship kind of thing. Like, she's super passive aggressive. She definitely treats Tess as more than a secretary and more like a servant. Ugh. It's just... Move shit. <laughs> what did you do? I dropped something, that's all. Ah, uh, okay. Um, you know, the, the dynamic, there's definitely a power dynamic that Catherine yeah. exploits the shit out of. She is mm-hmm. not a great boss. But Tess is, you know, just so glad that her boss isn't sexually harassing her. <laughs> you know? And At least not yet. <laughs> true. You um, never know. So, anyway. You gotta watch out for those lesbians, because apparently they're just like Kevin Spacey. Oh, boy. That's all they do, apparently. Jesus. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, so- I can say it, because I'm half, right? No, that's how that works? No. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to have an opinion here about that, so I'm just going to not say anything. Um, so Tess, uh, you know, Tess notices that her boss is talking about this uh, Trask Industries needing to get involved in something. And so Tess comes up with this great idea after reading, you know, she, she reads a lot. She reads the Wall Street Journal. She reads, she reads like People Magazine and W Magazine. Like she reads a lot of newspapers and stuff. She's very up to date on current trends, on current finances and stuff. She's, she's well researched. And so she comes to her boss and she says, what if instead of going into TV, they go into a, into radio because radio is cheaper and if he buys this branch now, it'll, you know, cause, you know, it's, it's a good long-term investment. It's going to have better turnover. radio cheaper? <laughs> well, it'll be also easier to get into TV from there, I believe, is kind yeah, of what she was going with as well. Yeah, it's kind of like the open door. You start with radio, and then you build the radio, and then you can go on to TV. Start small. And then you get big. fired from your job, and they tell you to go screw yourself. Right, Ashley? Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, do. <laughs> exactly. They, they decide to get rid of the morning show and syndicate it and, you know, all that fun shit. <laughs> oh, man, I better start writing that check now. <laughs> um, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> wow, you sounded just like our friend. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, man. Um, so, you know, anyways... Catherine's like, yeah, sure, I'll bring it up with my people. Well, when Catherine gets back to Tess about it, she says, actually, they didn't really like it that much. And then after she breaks that news, uh, she's like, sorry, 
can I interrupt? Because sure. remember during the meeting, one thing that really caught my eye, and I knew immediately, like, oh, shit, this is how it's going to go down. She was like, oh, have you told anybody else? And right there, I was like, oh, fuck, she's going to fuck her on this. Yeah, exactly. Which you already got that vibe from her. Like, there was something not right about her. She seemed very disingenuous. And everybody but Tess could see that, apparently. Well, this movie I mean, was really think... bad at encouraging women to stick together. It is. Yeah. <laughs> It's all about that dick in this movie, but still, very progressive for an 80s movie. That's fair, that's fair. This is the same time frame as, like, God, every Arnold Schwarzenegger bad movie and action macho movies and Big Trouble in Little China and Kurt Russell and Overboard. Basically, all those movies where when a woman has a problem, the only way to solve it is a good dicking. It's very true, and I, I can't say this one is any problem? different. <laughs> I thought that's how no I woman can succeed in the eighties without no woman can succeed in the eighties without a penis there to help her. It's very true, <laughs> at least in movies. Um, so anyway, after movies, after, after Catherine does this, you know, she says, "Well, I'm going out of town for the weekend, and I'm going to go skiing, and I need you to set up this uh, hotel room or whatever." Uh, because I'm going to meet my boyfriend there, and I'm pretty sure he's going to ask the question and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Tess is like, yeah, sure, whatever, cool. You know, very mousy, very quiet. This is the part where you can kind of tell that there is that imbalance of uh, dynamic because she's helping her put on these, like, to try on the ski boots or, like, trying to take them off, right? And uh, Tess is there, like, on her knees, and she's, like, looking up at Catherine, and you're just, like, like, that's how Catherine sees Tess, as, like, you know, below her. Oh, yeah. And she put her, keep her in her place. And that's good proof as to that I'm pretty dumb and don't pay attention to those things, because I did not see that symbolism at all, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, you also haven't been doing this podcast for a year, so. I watch a lot of movies. I don't catch symbolism. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, movie fun, flashing lights and action. Yay! I told Ashley that. I was like, you know what gets me is like, before we started this podcast, I could enjoy a movie. Now I overanalyze any movie I watch. I don't even oh, I've enjoy movies analyzed. anymore. I just analyze the really ridiculous, stupid shit that it's like, this is fucking dumb. Like, for example, the excessive amounts of times I've had to see Alec Baldwin's chest hair. That was too much for me. <laughs> That's fair. Also, we haven't brought him up at all, but Tess is with this guy, Mick. And Mick is played by Alec and he's Baldwin. He is awful. <laughs> Oh, yeah, um, did I, we first see him before she got the job with Sigourney Weaver, or yeah. was that after? Yeah, we yeah. saw him before she got the job with Sigourney Weaver, and, like, they're walking home, and she's like, you know, it'd be nice if we ate dinner in the city, and he's like, oh, I ain't got time for that, you know, and, like, they, like, Tess Ain't nobody birthday. got time for that. Well, well Tess had her birthday, and, like, his idea of birthday was for him to have sex with her and not treat her to anything. Oh, <laughs> well, the laundry was her, her gift. Oh, that she should have been appreciative. Listen. And man. as soon as it's like, can you get me something else? And he's like, oh, yeah, I always like to get you that. I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to cheat on her and he's going to get caught. Listen, men, let your woman buy her own lingerie. Because when you buy lingerie, it's not for her. It's for you. So let let women buy their own lingerie. That's all I'm saying. 
Um, what if she tells you to buy her lingerie? That's different. Then what? Huh? Your logic <laughs> is now flawed. That's different. Typically, though, when a man buys a woman lingerie, it's for his eyes. Because it's not for her. And women know more about what fits their bodies better than a man does. Just saying. Um, yeah, so- buy her jewelry like all women. I mean, Diamond is a girl's best friend, right? <laughs> Uh, material I'm a girl. Gold digger. <laughs> oh man, you're sugar. You're sugar baby. Oh, oh, Ashley, you and your blood diamonds. <laughs> She's like the bloodier the better. Come on, African kids, harvest those for me. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Ashley, um, you sicko. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> anyway. Oh, oh, oh. You should apologize, Ashling. I'm so sorry about those blood diamonds. I'm the problem. <laughs> anyway, uh, Catherine, Catherine goes on her ski trip, ends up breaking her leg, and she's forced to stay wherever she's at. And uh, so she has tests. Basically, take care of her house, take care of her office, you know, like, do some minor paperwork. All that shit. Now, before seeing her in the hospital, I thought she died. I'm like, oh shit, that's interesting. <laughs> that would have been nice. She just and then she's like, off the cliff. She gets a call that her boss is dead and that she's going to pretend to be her boss. Oh, which, man. I mean, that would have been a cool twist. Right? right? It's kind of fucked up, but I like it. <laughs> um, so, anyway, Tess, Tess goes to her house and, you know, kind of like. She's like, wow, this is how the other half lives. So she kind of invades Catherine's privacy and looks at her closet and tries her makeup. And she shouldn't have tried her makeup because that shit is going to cause you to get some kind of breakout. So bad idea. Um, Wouldn't you do the same, though? Not the makeup, but I would if I had to go to my boss's place and they weren't there. I would would look around. I'm a guy... I'm a guy. I don't put on makeup, and I even I know not to use someone else's makeup that's already been used. Well, yeah. I think we use each other's makeup, but like, I mean, wouldn't you have a little, you know, peeksy around? Oh, like, yeah, I would around. Around. I'd be nosy as shit. It's the makeup part. She doesn't part know who her boss is, though. She doesn't know where her fa- boss's face has been. You know, she, if it was your best friend's makeup, yeah, that's fine if you're sharing a little bit. But it's her boss's makeup. She doesn't know where that face has been and what kind of <laughs> shit goes on there. <laughs> Well, obviously, it's been, you know, in Harrison Ford's Even I'm on the ball about this. Jeez. Uh, so, anyway, Tess finds these thing, uh, this, like, cassette tape, and she starts listening to it and realizes it's memos. As she's listening to the memos, she hears Catherine say, um use uh, Tess's idea, don't tell Tess, update everything to the hard drive computer or something like that. Like, only keep it on the the hard drive home. There was also the part at the end where she was like, fuck that bitch, ha 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 ha, I'm gonna get rich. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So she's like, the fuck? So first of all, she's super crushed that her boss has manipulated her and is planning on stealing her idea. So she's very upset. And then she gets on the Staten Island ferry. She's still pretty fucking sad. And then she gets home and her boyfriend is in bed with a fucking Doreen. Fucking Doreen. That's she? Didn't she plan to go like, fuck that bitch. I'm going to share my idea with them. And then she found him fucking Doreen. No. 
No, because no. right afterwards she was just just very crushed about the whole idea. But that's very eighties movie. Yeah, well, Catherine had you know stolen her idea and was manipulating her, and she hated it. And then she goes home and she finds out that her boyfriend is fucking some woman, and she was like, "Oh no!" She grabs her shit, she leaves, she goes and stays at her boss's place, and the next day she's got a plan. She's gonna fuck over her boss. <laughs> Before her that's every eighties movie that over her. The eighties movies love to make all shitty things happen at once. Yeah, of course. Love of course. it. Yeah. Well, because that's kind of you know how life is in general. Things you get come piled in degrees, right? You lose I thought your life job, was everything is shit. And you never climb out of it. You, and then, and then you have to move to Edmonton. And then you find out that hey, you're pregnant. Edmonton's an awesome <laughs> city. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Um, so, you know, she's got this great idea. She's gonna, she's gonna do her idea. Uh, you know, she's gonna use her idea and further herself and make sure that Catherine does not profit off of this. Because the whole thing is, like, Catherine, um, and Jack, who we meet very shortly, um, they're both people that do mergers for a living. Their jobs are to take two companies and put them together and then they get a huge check for doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're basically like lawyers. Um, <laughs> sorry. Do you have to go to school for that? Technically, no. Like, it's basically like... New hedge- career idea, Ashley! It's, it's basically like hedge funding. You don't need to go to school. But you do have to understand finances and work the oh, You can't just be like... You know what? This pizza company and this car company should become one. It's a good idea. <laughs> what are you talking about? That would be perfect because then pizza you cars turns me out of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Merger. <laughs> Merger. Money. <laughs> Technology. The future. <laughs> Free pizza is the future, obviously. In, In your car, pizza. Anywhere. I mean, for Christ's sakes, pizza's on a bagel now. Uh-huh. So, uh, so anyway, <laughs> that's a good 90s reference. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at pizza. the Pizza summer time. time. When pizza's, <laughs> when pizza's on a bagel, you, bagel, can, have pizza you can have pizza anytime. Hey, kids, do not give a shit about your health kit and get one of these into the microwave and start stuffing your face. Pizza on a bagel. All right. Um, so anyway. Radical. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I can't believe we all remember that fucking jingle. <laughs> that was a good jingle. You know you have a good jingle when they're still singing it years later. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, so, Tess, you know, she goes to the office and she rifles through uh, Catherine's mail and she finds out that the best person to take over this merger job is a guy named Jack Trainer. So she, oh. you know, acts like she's a, a merger kind of person like Catherine, manages to get into this dinner function you know, uh-huh. and then she goes to Catherine's place with her best friend Sin, and she starts to dress up in one of Catherine's dresses. It's black and it's sparkly. Which I gotta say, how lucky for her that they're basically exactly the same sizes. Right? right. Yeah, no kidding. Ooh. Also, that dress was fucking gorgeous. It was cute. But, like, you know, she, it was gives, okay, it, I guess. she gives it to her friend Sin. I mean, you wouldn't wear like, it, but I would. 
She gives it to Sin and Sin's looking at it and she's like, wow, this dress is $6,000. And oh my God, Tess about faints, which I agree. That is not worth $6,000. I can't You don't know. There might be a lot of blood diamonds in that dress, which Ashley would be all over. Obviously. <laughs> um, so anyway, like Tess freaks out and she's like, holy shit. And Sin's like, ah, oh, it's okay. Luna. We'll rifle her medicine cabinet. Oh, look, here's Valium. Oh my god. Fuck. <laughs> so she gives I mean, Tess- you know, Tess is our hero, but she does some pretty heinous shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rifling through medicine cabinets, looking through mail. She's breaking she a lot of shit. federal laws here. Well, I mean, like, it is the 80s, so it was either the Coke or the Valium. I mean, people just pop a Xanax these days, right? It's true. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, in well, general. That's because they're, they're not called Xanax. I'm pretty sure they have another name here in Canada. Uh, well, yeah, the Daniel. one that goes you under your candy? Huh? <laughs> Sniffy candy? That's my favorite stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. What's the one that goes under your tongue and dissolves? It makes you feel really good. Isn't that mine? I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I don't take that shit. I Any of that, that shit. I thought that was LSD. No. <laughs> Anything no, that's under your tongue and it dissolves, it's fucking LSD. <laughs> no, under the tongue. And it's... Uh... It's like for anxiety or something. They used Listen, to give it to we're not the talking hospital. about drugs except for the fact that Tess took a Valium and she'd never taken one before. And yeah. then she goes, well, she, she, she doesn't seem like the Valium has affected her that much when she ends up at the party. And, you know, she sits down at the bar and this is where we meet Jack, who, you know, he's talking business with some dudes and he's like fucking sick of it. And so he sees her sitting there, and he sits down, and he gives, I cannot remember it, but it was the cheesiest fucking pickup line. I know, I kind of remember it, actually. I just saw it, watched it not that long ago. He was basically like, hey, it was something to do with, I fully intend to get to know you, or, no, hey, I know you. She's like, no, you don't. Like, and he's like, yeah, baby, well, at least I intend to get to know you. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad, but she fell for it. And, you know, then... I don't think she fell for it. I think liquor and Valium made her fall for it. That's fair. <laughs> well, she's like, she's like, yeah, I'm here to see Jack Trainer, And, of course, he's Jack Trainer, And he pulls the, oh, well, he just left. Let's not talk names. Let's not talk business. Let's just get to know each other. You Allow know, me to introduce to you to my penis. Exactly. He's looking to score. Um, you want to meet little Jack? <laughs> so you know they have this this kind of flirty back and forth and they start drinking tequila and tequila and valiums do not mix but one of my favorite lines in this whole movie is when you know he's like you're very beautiful and she's like you know yeah i have a head for business and a body for sin anything wrong with that and i was like yes girl get it <laughs> I was all I mean, for she, that shit. She is on her way to being the 80s businesswoman. Yeah, boy. Um, so, of course, the Valium and the tequila don't mix. And, uh, you know, as she's as she's leaving, she sees uh, that, that bitch that did the catering or wanted her to do the catering. Yeah. And she's like, shit. And then she gives her ticket to Jack and is like, hey, can you get my coat and meet me outside? So when he comes outside with her coat... He thinks that she's, like, being super seductive in the back of a taxi. She's just passed out. 
Oh, yeah, there was one thing we forgot to mention. Oh, remember when he was like, hey, baby. Yeah, or, well, I obviously didn't say baby, but that, that's not important. But he was like, you know, the only reason I'm over here is because unlike all the other women here who are dressed for business, you're dressed like a woman. I'm like, geez, guy, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. You're dressed yeah. like a lady because your tits are out. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how you pick up women? Uh, all the time, but I usually get drinks in the face. <laughs> oh man. So um anyway, she uh she's passed out in the back of the taxi and he's like, Oh well my night's ruined and then he's like, Where's your address? And she's too like she's too gone to give an address and he's like, Well shit. So he gives his and at first I thought, Oh no, this is going to end terribly. But it didn't. Yeah. It didn't. It would have ended was- a lot sooner if she had given the address because she was staying at her boss's place, and he would have known, wait a second, this is my fucking other lady's fucking it's, place. It's a good the plot fuck? device. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, so she wakes up the next morning, and she's only in her lingerie, so she freaks the fuck out, and she's like, holy shit, I've got to go. So, you know, she she puts on her dress, she puts on her heels, and she walks out the door just as his alarm goes off, and he's like, oh, man, she left. And then... After that, she goes and she gets ready, and then she goes to his office, and as soon as the door opens, bam! The guy that she woke up in bed next to is Jack Trainer, And now she's, like, flustered and a little upset. Which I was surprised at how muted her response was, because I'd be fucking furious. <laughs> yeah, but it was also the 1980s. You know, maybe in 2000, like, you motherfucker! But in the 80s, it's like, oh, fuck, if I start some shit, my plan is already dead in the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean now we have me too, but back then they did not. Yeah, so she like she comes in with her with with her accordion file and she's like, "Yeah, I I, I lost my briefcase, you know." And she puts forward the same idea that she had given to Catherine. And they're like, "Hmm, maybe." But she leaves thinking, "Oh god, they're not going to fucking do it." And then she has this conversation with her best friend. No. Yeah. Was it this part? No, it wasn't this part. Um, oh, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it was. After this, like, she's talking with Sin, and Sin's like, oh, well, he's so depressed. Like, you know, the guy that cheated on you, you should just give him a chance. Yeah, she was not that great of a friend. What? Oh, he was only dicking Doreen in front of you for a second there. Take him back. It's okay. It's like, what the fuck, girl? That's what men do. They just dick your other friends on whoa, the whoa, side. Whoa, let's not generalize all men here. Oh, it's no, not like every day I'm like, I will... I just, no, I'm not I'm like the kind of guy who's like, boy, I want to start a relationship not... just so I can bang someone else and get caught. No, I wasn't saying that. I was saying I know, that I'm how just... our friend was acting. Yeah, I'm just trying to have some fun like, here. I'm totally... sorry. Yeah, her friend was like, it's totally normal for a guy to fuck another woman. You just get used to it. And what's so sad is I know women that still have the same mentality where it's like. And that is really sad. Where it's like, yeah, he cheated on you, but he's a good guy. You know, give him another chance. Or the abusive guys. Yeah, he dislocated my jaw, but he bought me a necklace. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar. Um, Ladies, if a guy beats the shit out of you, seriously, get the fuck out of there. Or try. But at the same time, like, statistically, you're more likely to be murdered if he leaves. So, 
I don't know. It's just bad. Wow, all this, bad all around. This became yeah. really depressing. Well, you brought it up, so. <laughs> I'm um, just trying to make good advice. Yes. Yeah, so, Anyways. So, uh, you know, she she Ooh. ends up getting this gift from Jack. He comes by the office and Sin pretends to be the secretary. And when Jack comes oh. by the office, he's got a briefcase for her. And oh. I was like, oh, oh that's wait, sweet. no, we missed something. No. We missed something important at the bar. Remember he proposed to her? Oh, yeah. He fucking yeah, played that shitty game where he got the friends like, you do it, do no, it, no, get no, on no, your no, knees. No, 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 that wasn't, He's like, that wasn't I know. yet. That wasn't there yet. Like, he, Jack Trevor gave her the, no, Jack gave her the briefcase and told her that they were going to put the deal together. And then she went to Sin's engagement party and oh, yeah. the ex was there. Right. And then um, after they had the big party, like she and she and I'm sorry for ruining of, your podcast. <laughs> you're fine. No, it's fine. God we, get damn confused it, on, we, get, we get confused on timeline sometimes here. It's fine. But, you know, like she and Mick are sitting there together and he apologizes and he's like really sweet to her. And she gets kind of I don't know. He's still an air of shittiness to him. He does. Oh, like yeah. he reeks. Even from 30 years ago, he still reeks. <laughs> um, I mean, there was, like, a little part of me, even though, like, his chest was super hairy, but, like, Alec Baldwin was pretty good looking back in the day. No. I disagree. <laughs> okay, for a second there, I thought you, actually you were just saying, he could cheat on me anytime. Oh, <laughs> no, I mean... He, we're not he cheat on me <laughs> then but it's not I'll cheating. cheat on him too. <laughs> I guess this wouldn't be the show. Wouldn't be the feminist. What's the name again? I'm sorry. Feminist critique. critique. <laughs> you don't even know the name sorry. of the show. Oh jeez. I keep forgetting the second name. This wouldn't be the feminist critique then, if that was ended up being the case. If Ashley's like, yeah, I don't mind if I cheats on me if he's really hot. <laughs> Oh god! How do you know? Hashtag feminism. <laughs> um, so anyway, to me? anyway, this engagement party thing, you know, like they kind of reconnect, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe we can start over. We can start from scratch." Like, you know, and they dance together, and then after their dance, they're, you know, doing the engagement party shit, and then like Sin's fiance is like. Yeah, man. Why don't you like propose to her? Pop the question, and he fucking does. And then which I can't think it's kind of shitty to do a proposal at someone else's engagement party. Right? Yeah. Like that's, no. And so Mick. Gets I'm surprised she even fucking danced with him. I was like, really? Don't fucking dance with him. It was the drink. Fuck that guy. Well, they have you know, it's complicated, right? Like she still like, obviously still has some residual feelings for him. I don't know. If I was a girl and I saw a guy, my boyfriend dicking another girl in front and I caught them, I'd be pretty off that shit pretty quickly. Then again, I'm a guy and I can say that. I would say that, but I'm not a woman, so I really wouldn't know. It really depends I mean, on how I would be pretty fucking furious and I would not want to see him again and I certainly wouldn't want to give him a chance. But, you know, Tess, Tess seems like a very sweet person. Obviously, she can be prone to some manipulation. Like, she's kind of gullible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, smidgen. She's pretty smart overall. I she, th- I she found is very intelligent, but I think emotionally sometimes she can be a little gullible because she sets herself self up seeing the best in people, which is 
probably mm-hmm. not a good idea. Like, she seems like someone that genuinely looks at everyone and tries to see the good in all of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, like, Tess tells him when he gets down and asks her, she says, maybe. And then they leave, and this fucker loses his guy. Proves why she said maybe. Oh, yeah. How fucking dare you say maybe to me? me you embarrass me she's like you fuck you fucked doreen like who the fuck proposes after getting caught cheating really she she even makes mention of that she makes mention of that she's like one dance and you think i'm gonna marry you she's like i need time to think about it i thought it was that easy a ladies Oh man, he like this part pissed me off so bad. And see, the bad thing is, is like Alec Baldwin actually has a history of being a shithead. So I was so like, just like Kevin Spacey, who's kind of playing himself. Exactly, Alec Baldwin <laughs> has a reputation for being a drunken asshole, and here he is being a drunken asshole. <laughs> he plays it so well. Oh, he does. Um, so the next day, uh, you know, she, she leaves and she goes back to Catherine's place. The next day, Jack calls her at the office. Um, this part was kind of funny. He's getting dressed, but the blinds are open and like all the women behind him can see him in the window getting dressed and then they applaud him. Oh yeah. Cause they were all starting to like, they're all stopping to work, like to stopping their work just to watch him. Because, I mean, young Harrison Ford. Yes. And yes. this isn't even young Harrison Ford. This is, like, midlife crisis Harrison Ford. <laughs> he's in his I late mean, he's 40s. Still young enough. I mean, he's got to well, be in I his mean, late 40s. About, this would have been 10 years after he started his career. So, I mean, this was still pretty early. Yeah, I know. But still, he's he's in really good shape. I don't blame any of the women for ogling him. Like, if Jason Momoa were to start taking off his shirt in front of me, I would stop and stare, because I'm a woman who is very straight. (laughs) I find that very sexist, okay, Gracie? How dare you look at a man and treat him like a piece of meat? What is that? What do you mean? All he is is a hard piece of meat, really. What is that quote from P.S. I Love You? She's like, for the past, you know, for centuries men have tapped my ass or tapped a woman's ass and ogled her boobs. And so, yeah, I'm going to fucking look and have no shame about it. Hey, we're all human. We're so inclined to look. It's a thing. You know, we try not to, but goddamn, when you see someone, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I can totally understand. Fucking Jason Momoa. That dude's built. Yeah. Like a fucking like, brick and wall. And it's funny because he's not my type. But like, my God. <laughs> um, so anyway, like, you know, after Jack finishes getting dressed, they they go. And again, her best friend is being a shithead to her about the fact that she's like not accepting Mick. And Mick's so torn up. Blah, blah, blah. Like, fuck well, she, she does call her out. Uh, out for that. She's like, what, so you're on his side now? Yeah. <laughs> like, Sid is a horrible yeah, what kind best, of best friend. friend? What kind of best friend defends the cheater? Right? Shoot, I I'm your right best now. friend, but I really think you should take that shitty guy back. Girl. I know, I know right now, see, 
Ashleen and I have been in this situation where a guy technically cheated on me. And, like, she was ready. And Ashley told you to take him back? Oh, no, no, no. Ashley was ready to fly down to South Carolina and whoop his ass. <laughs> Gracie, your boyfriend, who I've never met, is so torn up. Oh, you should no, take she had met him. him. She had oh, met I did. him. <laughs> I did meet him. And, like, Either when way. I found out. No, because, like, what her shitty boyfriend at the time did was, um, so, like. <sighs> he sent me a text message breaking up with me. Yeah. To go and have sex with this other girl, his ex. And then mm-hmm. the very next day, he texts me back and says, let's talk. And he called me and started begging me to take him back. I mean, I hate to be that guy, but technically it was cheating. That's it's a shitty move. Don't get me wrong. It's shitty move. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Technically, technically he's not a total slime ball, just a. Uh, Nine tenths of a slimy ball. <laughs> Pretty slimy. Yeah, like, but he and I are, and he and I have, you know, moved past that. That was like five years ago. He and I have moved past that. We are friends, but like, it's super platonic. And uh, it took me a long time before I started talking to him again. And it's never going to be romantic. And he has a new girlfriend, and all I can think is like, you deserve better. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, her girl. best friend Yeah, the girl deserves better. Um so her best friend's being a shithead and then Jack shows up again and they you know, she has this great idea of how Tess has this great idea of how they can get Trask on How his, they can talk to uh Trask, right? And they yeah. decide to crash a wedding together, um, which is the ugliest fucking wedding I've oh my ever God, seen. It was but the fucking you know. worst. <laughs> so they get there you know they they get there and like trainer thinks that holy shit she got an invite to this wedding no no they're crashing and you know she she pretends to know people and then they you know they come in contact with trask and then she like skirts off to the ladies room to powder her nose and while she does that uh, trainer goes to the bar and he grabs those fucking Bahama Mamas or whatever the hell they are. <laughs> and he guzzles like one. Two. He guzzles one, drinks half of the other, and then follows her into the bathroom. And as, he's like, you didn't, you didn't get an invite to this wedding. You're like the crazy cop, you know, that does all this stupid shit that ends up getting their partner killed. <laughs> He yeah, so a- he goes uh, he, he goes into the bathroom and then uh, that's the part where the the bride comes in and the bride's like do, do you like it and <laughs> and of course she lies and she's like oh yeah it's very classy it's, very classy. You're just like, it's like really being in paradise <laughs> you're like this is the worst wedding idea for a ever. woman that was high society that was a cheap ass wedding <laughs> But whatever. I mean, it's her dream. So, uh, Would you go to that wedding, Toasty? I go to all weddings if I'm invited. Weddings are a party, no matter how they look. Yeah, you judgy assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go there going, oh, the wedding's, the, the bride's dress is shit. I'm there going, where's the bar? Listen, and Princess Diana's people. dress was shit. I don't care how much it costs. Well, guess what? You didn't have to wear it, so who gives her shit? She liked yeah, it. Yeah, she was forced to, so. 
Oh, too real? Wait, are you talking about Princess Diana's dress? I yes. thought it was gorgeous. <laughs> that shit was ugly. Yeah, it was kind of ugly. <laughs> and so was her so was her husband. Jeez, <laughs> Ashleen, have your own opinion. You're like, I liked her dress, and then Gracie's like, I didn't like it. You're right, it did suck. Come on, Ashleen, have your own opinion. <laughs> You know what dress I did like if we're going to go into royal wedding dresses? Uh, Princess Kate's dress was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, Megan's was good too, except for the fact that she uh, got that nervous weight loss and so it didn't fit her that well, but it was still pretty. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> you know, you judgy bitch. <laughs> Listen. Don't start with me. We're an hour in, and we're not even halfway through this fucking movie. Yeah, um, we are. Yeah, we're pretty. We're pretty close. Yeah, we're close to the I'm end, just, I think. I'm just, I'm just fucking with her. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, she, um, she manages to get trainer out onto the dance floor, and you know, after they talk with the bride. And uh, she, you know, he, he's like, oh, I'm all for it now because he's had a minute. And he's like, okay, this is actually a great idea. So we're going to do it your way. Because Tess was starting to chicken out. And um, uh-huh. so he gets her onto the dance floor. And he's like, oh, yeah, what's that? You know, oh, God, I can't remember her name talking to some guest. And they're like, that's Elizabeth. And she goes, he, and he's like, Beth, right? And she goes, no, Bitsy. And he's like, right, Bitsy. So he goes up and he's like, Bitsy, will you dance with me? You know, and she's like, yeah, of course, I remember you. And uh, yeah, and then Tess, you know, gets in with Trask and she starts bringing it up to him and basically like all but sucking his dick. (laughs) Like she is laying it on his ego. Yeah. You know, and And he is eating it up. Oh, yeah, because every man loves. Loves to hear how amazing they are. Isn't that right, Toasty? Um, hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so anyway, they you know she manages to convince him, right? And then as soon as she finishes convincing him, the bride is storming in and pointing, and they're like, "Holy fuck, we've been found out!" So they have to leave. <clears throat> and then after they leave it was at that point where I started to feel like I was watching Schindler's List or something oh shit the Nazis have caught us <laughs> oh my god no you did not <laughs> um, so so after uh, after uh, after they leave apparently sinking a business deal like that and getting it going really drives up the libido because they get back to trainer's place and they have sex. Which, for an R-rated movie, and seeing a lot of fucking boobs, we don't really see a sex scene, except for the cheating part. It was, must have been in Harrison Ford's contract. <laughs> you know, he's... He's kind of like one of those guys who's like, I'm never going to be naked on screen. Only from the chest up. People may look at the glory of my chest, but they shall not see what is below the waist. That is for the imagination. You don't even see his fucking legs. I mean, you're not wrong. We only ever see his chest. Um, so you know they they have sex and everything, and you know she is about to confess to him after they have sex about who she really is and that she's not really the head businesswoman. But before she, I just want to comment. I, I I had a real issue with his orgasm word. Who's like, oh, Chewbacca. That, that, that was a bit of an issue with me, I feel. 
Did you did you did you find that in a deleted scene? Because yeah. I don't remember that. Part. I don't know what version you guys were watching. <laughs> did it switch to Pornhub or something? <laughs> Eventually, once he said, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's great. I'm okay. <laughs> um, so, oh boy. So anyway, she, there's a phone call before Tess can um before Tess can confess her sins to him or whatever, and, and question his weird sex words. <laughs> right. And you know, like it's kind of a, a conversation he's having where you know he's holding back. On the other end of the line, Beyonce is saying, say my name, say my name. (laughs) You know? And, you know, I I put in my notes, I bet it was Catherine on the phone. And then, it was! Holy shit! (laughs) Those were my notes. But, like, he gets off the phone and, um... You know, he's like, yeah, there's there's this woman I've been I've been trying to break it off with her and I just haven't been able to do it. And she's like, you don't owe me any explanations, like... This is a business deal, and we just had sex. It's fine. Whatever. Um, She's pretty fucking cool about it. Like, she was mad as shit at Doreen, but then she's perfectly okay being the other woman. Well, I mean, like, in this case, like, um, you know, uh, he's like, I kind of want to dump this lady for you anyways. You know, she talks about fighting aliens and shit. Really weird check. In a totally 80s guy way, right? Came over, man. Came over. <laughs> that was fucking good. <laughs> that was a good one. That's a good reference. Uh, not to people shot. that haven't watched it, though. <laughs> Which we're trying to tell. But does she talk about game. ghosts and being taken over? <laughs> does she have a stepdaughter that she turns into a witch? You know, and she turns into a witch and, like, feeds her a poisoned apple? Like, uh... Or maybe she talks about digging holes. You know. That's a good one. What? For all the bodies. You've never seen holes? She's in holes. She She was the warden of the camp. Oh. Well, I never saw holes. Oh, wow. I never gave a shit to see holes. It did not seem interesting at all. That's fair. Well, we were at the You got to do holes. You should do holes. <laughs> um, I do holes every week. Oh I mean, boy. Jesus. Uh, this is why it's You're like the X rated critique. Yeah, I have a few videos on Pornhub, apparently. Jeez. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and Ashley will have the link, uh, link for those videos in the description below later. <laughs> gonna get us kicked off everything but sure. uh, anyway. oh, what do you think i've been oh doing god. since i lost my job <laughs> oh my god ashley we've we've did the joke let it go now damn <laughs> we get it holes free time blah 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 Pornhub. anyways yeah. i want to know what happens next in the movie so... i'm tired of talking about ashley's holes so Catherine phones uh, Tess, and Tess is like, this is Tess, whatever her last name is, I can't remember. This is her office, and Catherine's like, what? Oh my god, and oh, Tess is like, oh, Catherine, no, it was just a joke, I didn't really mean it. And then, you know, Catherine's like, oh, well, I'm coming home, blah, 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 so Catherine comes home on the, on the, um, 
on an airplane and everything, and she's she's got a muscle helicopter in her. She's fucking. Gold. Wait, hold on. We're we're missing an important part here. We're missing the part where she was vacuuming naked and all that other bullshit to get her uh, boss's house ready for her. Right. Oh exactly. yeah. Because you know it's every like woman that, every woman that works a vacuum does so naked from the waist up in a thong. That's what I've always vacuums. assumed. Yeah, that's what that's, I've always assumed. I mean, that's yeah. how I vacuum. You know, um, my family doesn't like it very much, but you can find that on Ashley's Pornhub page as well. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, she cleans up and everything, and then Catherine gets back to her apartment, and she's like, "Yeah, can you do this for me, and this for me, and this for me?" And Tessa's like, "Yeah, sure, I can do this." You know, um, but I really have to get going, especially because Catherine calls Jack to come over. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Jack gets She's there. Like, she needs her vitamins, especially vitamin D. Ick. <laughs> You're right. Um, so Catherine, you know, <clears throat> Catherine gets uh, Tess to go pick up her medication. Well, as soon as Tess leaves, Jack shows up. And this is the part where Catherine sexually harasses and tries to sexually assault Jack. Because... He's like, no, I do not want to have sex with you. I have a meeting to go to. And she's like, oh, but come on, doesn't little Jack want to come out to play? And he's like nervously laughing. <laughs> I think what's um, not noticed is the fact that when he comes in, he's whistling if I only had a brain. I didn't know you didn't catch that? I didn't that? notice that either. No. When, uh, when he was whistling, he was whistling If I Only Had a Brain from Wizard of Oz. And I feel like that's so fitting. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so, you know, like, he's he's like, yeah, I really gotta go. You know, she's like, well, can you fix us both a drink first before you leave? And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So, anyway, Tess comes in and... Jack is in the back fixing the drinks, and so she hides in the closet, and she's basically the guy from Mr. Brightside at this point, point. and, um, wow, that reference totally went over both of your guys' heads. I don't get the joke. Mr. Brightside no, the from joke. The Killers? Oh, I got okay. the joke. That just, there was no reaction for me to give. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it was flurry. Oh, I got it. I got it. Um, so anyway, Tess is, Tess is hiding, and Jack, of course, like, puts off Catherine's advances, does not really break up with her completely, um, but is, is very, like, no, I really gotta get going to this meeting. Yeah. So Tess comes in after he leaves, she oh, empties her purse, including laying her planner on the bed, and she pulls out the drugs and gives her the change, and then she leaves in a very quick hurry, because she, too, has to go to this meeting that Jack is going to. And mm -hmm. now she's left her planner on the bed. Guess what? Blah, blah, blah. Catherine's a nosy bitch, too. <laughs> yeah, so she looks in the planner and sees that, you know, this meeting is going through, and she's like, that fucking slut! <laughs> but I mean, everyone already knew. Everyone already knew that Catherine was a fucking skeevy bitch. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, even though she did the exact same thing Tess did, we're rooting for Tess, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, anyway, she um, got a root for that person who starts through people's mail and wears their makeup without yeah. their knowledge. Uh, 
So our hero. <laughs> so Tess ends up at this big meeting with Trask. They're all sitting around the table, and this merger is going to happen. They have managed to get Trask on board, and Trask is going to buy up this radio company from this guy. Well, they're sitting around the round table, and all you know, like Tess and Jack say they love each other, even though they've only known each other like a week or two. But they love each other. Isn't that how romance happens? Well, they have a better track record than Disney, where it's like one day. So, um. So anyway, and then little Timmy walks in. (laughs) That's why all my relationships go south because after a week, I tell them that I love them, and they go, "Um, "I'll see you later." Dispose it for you. Some person on two crutches is like, stop that bitch. Yeah, like Catherine comes in and, she's, and the secretary is like, this is a closed meeting. And Catherine's like, that bitch is an imposter. And, you know, she lays it out that that bitch right there is my secretary. She's not a real murder person or some shit. Yeah, and she's taken all of my notes and she's stolen everything and uh, fuck that bitch. Yeah, and Jack's like, what the fuck? And Tessa's like, I did not steal the notes. This was my idea. And Jack is just flabbergasted, of course, because he's shocked. And then, you know, Tess... She does the classic 80s line of, I can explain, which everybody fucking does. And then everybody's like, you bitch, you've been lying to me. Yeah, of course. Um, but he doesn't call her a bitch or anything. He just seems very stunned. I know, I'm exaggerating. Yeah, he seems very stunned and silent. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, Tess gets up and she leaves because she's super fucking humiliated by her boss. And she makes her way out the building and then Catherine sits her happy ass down and is like, well, I'm not up to date on it, but if you could give me your notes and, you know, like, we'll go through this together. So the meeting goes on as planned, but Tess is not there. And now Tess has lost her job. She's been living at her boss's house, so now she has no house, no job, no nothing. And she's lost Jack, too, she thinks. So she goes back to the office a couple of days later, I guess, and she starts cleaning her stuff out. All of the secretaries that work there are sad to see her go. They love her. So, you know, it's it's all cute and stuff. She gets downstairs and she runs into Jack and like she's dropped all of her shit and Jack is going to help her up. Yeah. And, yeah. She, and she's like, you know, what the fuck? Leave me alone. And he's like, you know, he's like, I would have believed you. Like, is it true? Like, did you really come up with this idea and Catherine's just lying? And she's like, yeah, but you don't, why would you believe me? Because I was a secretary. Of course, you're not going to believe me because I'm a secretary. And he's like, I wouldn't do that. She's like, yeah, fucking right. Um, he was also asking her, like, were you sleeping with me just to make the shit work, too? Yeah. I mean... She's like, no, I just liked your dick for your dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that makes True it romance right there. Uh, True romance. Uh, oh. so, All the best romance books. As they're talking, of course, Catherine and Trask show up, and Trask and his team of lawyers, and Catherine, of course, is a snotty bitch. And, uh... And, and Tess is like, stick it up your bony ass. Yeah. <laughs> and Catherine's like, wow, that's, you know, ugh, how rude. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, Trask is like, what the fuck, dude? Like, just because she has a good pussy, you're not gonna, you know, like... <laughs> like, just because you got your dick wet, like, 
You know, like, you're going to believe this woman? And Jack's like, yeah, I believe her. And uh, what does Tess says something that gets Trask out of the elevator? Oh, there's a whole... Oh, it was about that DJ. There's like, there's this this DJ, Slim Blah Blah. He moved to this place and real estate stuff and super smart shit. He's like, hold up a second. Yeah, this is going to have a negative reaction to this deal. Like, you're going to lose a lot of money because this guy is the main attraction to this radio station that you're buying. And Trask gets out of the elevator and he's like, okay, you can explain on the elevator right up. And so Tess's explanation is basically like, I read People Magazine and I saw this and I put two and two together. And he's he's like, you know, he's he, he doesn't look like he's completely sold on it. But then they get out of the elevator together and then Catherine is like, I am so sorry for this upstart who's like just horrible, blah, blah, blah. And so Trask is like, well... How did you uh how did you get the idea for me to go into radio? Bum 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 <laughs> And Catherine has no fucking idea. She's like, oh no 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 She kinda did that deer in a headlights look that you do all the time, Ashley. Oh well it's it's oh, in my yeah. notes somewhere. <laughs> uh, Catch so, yeah. Ashley off guard and her defense mechanism of freezing comes into effect (laughs) like right now um so Uh, you know uh, (laughs) and i think my words were like she flounders on a fish like a like a fish on the dock like she's just flopping around trying to find something in her head to use and it doesn't work and then trask is like you bony ass bitch no, no, no. He was like, you, what did you say, bony-ass bitch? Bony-ass bitch. I'm like, oh, God. You're like, mm, Trask, I don't think you can use that, but yeah. okay. But basically, Trask, you're an like, adult. You probably I, know that. Basically, he says, I'm going to use all of my financial power to ensure that you lose your job. Yep. Which is kind of fucked up, but at the same time, Catherine deserved it. Uh, He's like, you done, son. You done. So, uh, you know, after after Trask is like, yeah, this is great. You know, Jack, Jack, Jack and Tess, you're going to help me finish this merger. And also, Tess, how would you like to start working for me? Because I love your guts. I love your instinct. I love that your gumption, you know, he's he's rewarding her for that cutthroat behavior. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, while she did some shitty things, it was Catherine who was trying to steal her idea. She had a great fucking idea. She did. Yeah. That ain't cutthroat. Yeah. And, uh, oops, sorry. I just made a really loud like, noise. He's like, Tess, I love your guts. Oh, man, if he had a different tone, that would have been really weird. <laughs> well, he, he does have the tone almost of a mobster. So. I love your guts. <laughs> uh, so, anyway... Like, he's like, you can start tomorrow at my new job. And apparently after they finish this merger talk, like, she goes and stays the night with Jack. Because the next day, Jack is being the most adorable fucking person. (laughs) He gives her a lunchbox with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. An apple for the teacher. (laughs) It's it's fucking cute and corny. Yeah. You know. Plus, then, PB&G is probably all he knows how to make. That's true. Well, though, in the in general, right? Like, I mean, this is a romantic comedy, kind but of. like, it's a really, but it's like a 
I don't know. This was like a good romantic comedy for once. It really was. I don't know. This this movie felt pretty like it didn't know what it wanted to be. That's strong fair. independent woman or romantic comedy. Why not a strong independent comedy? No, a romantic, a romantic woman. No, shit. What do we want this to be? Yeah. Because as every woman in every movie needs to have that romantic guy, that's how the only way she can solve her problems and make everything okay. Of course. Um. So after she, you know, she gets her stuff and she goes to uh, Task Industries where she now works, and she walks in and she sees this lady in uh, a corner office. Uh, sitting up with her feet on the desk and talking on the phone. And so she sits down in the secretary position. And, you know, the lady comes out and she's like, oh, sorry, I was using the phone, you know. And uh, can I get you some coffee? And Tess is like, oh, well, I'll, you know, t- well, Tess is like, can I get you some coffee? And the brunette's like, no, I got it. And this is not set in that, you know. Like, it's not, it's not clicking in Tess's head because she's been conditioned to think that the only job a woman is really good for is secretarial work. Although it's also kind of shitty for her to assume she is the secretary or not. Right. And then she, uh, you know, the secretary, well, the brunette, I already ruined it, but whatever. If you're listening to this podcast. I'm sorry, I ruined it. (laughs) The guest fucked it up. God damn it, Toasty, okay? Just like a man to ruin everything. I'm sorry I was born with a penis. <laughs> uh, some men are not born with penises, but that is a discussion for another day. Um, so, you know, she she's, like, talking to this woman, and this woman is like, oh, yeah, you know, like, this is my desk. That's your office. You're the boss. And, and Tess is like, you're the secretary? And she's like, yeah, but I kind of prefer to be called assistant. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Tess, Tess is like, oh, I thought, you know, because you were in here on the phone that, like, this was your office. And the secretary's like, oh, no, it's it's okay. So Tess realizes that she is not a secretary. She is going to be a businesswoman. She is starting at an entry-level entry level position as, like, a hedge fund manager. And... She, like, gets so excited, and after the secretary leaves, she sits down at her desk, and she calls her best friend, and just starts squealing into the phone about how she's made it. And after she tells Sin, Sin's like, she made it! And everybody around Sin is like, yay! You missed a key cringe-worthy line, though. What was that? Where she said to her secretary, she said to her uh, secretary, she's like, next time, if you get coffee, just if you feel like getting coffee, get one for me, too. It's like, yeah, we get it. You used to be a secretary. You're trying to be amazing. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I think she was just, you know, saying, like, hey. a nice boss. <laughs> yeah. She's it's like, the Don't 80s. Go there out. are no well, nice bosses. Well, she's like, don't go out of your way to accommodate me. Like, you know. Don't. I mean, I get it's necessary for the movie. I still was just like, oh gosh. I don't know. I was kind of like that when I moved from the assistant position to the head head position that I'm in now, and I hired an assistant, and I'm like a really laid back boss. because so, I'm not, you know, as like I related to Tess on kind of a personal level because Tess came from a job where it was mostly secretary and clerical work, and then she manages to get a job where. She's the boss and no longer the assistant. 
And as someone who was the assistant and recently got promoted after my supervisor <laughs> retired, I felt very, like, in the same vein with Tess. Like, I, she was very relatable to me in my own, like, you know, professional journey. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's why I'm like, and the way she treats her secretary, like, kind of, like, that's the way I treat my my uh, my assistant. Like, I'm very laid back about it. So yeah. I've experienced different. Where I've had people I knew who were in my position went up to become bosses, and then the management above them forced them to become terrible bosses. <laughs> so I've had different experiences, to say the least. I'm lucky to Oof. have really great a really great director at the library where I work. So <laughs> um, yeah, I remember when you got that job, and you were like, I got the job. <laughs> And then, uh, and then two weeks later, you lost yours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, I told Ashlyn she had made a really bad deal with the Crossroads demon. <laughs> well, that's how I. That's how she got her job was because I made a deal with the devil. Uh, okay. Yep. All right, yep. So that was that was the end of the movie. Uh, <laughs> Now have some um. Some and trivia. and they brought back the sh- the shitty music from the start to play at the end the African sounding stuff you said. Yes. I was like, oh it great, this sound, is back. It did sound like African chanting. It did. Was that was that the like the one that won the Golden Globe yep. or sort of won the Academy well, Award? Well, it won the Golden Globe and the Academy Award for best original oh, song. Okay, so yeah, that was the song that was written by Carly Simon. Big fucking deal. um so some trivia uh the petty marsh lobby scenes were actually filmed in the lobby of seven world trade center which oh yeah so the like those those uh those marble that green marble and stuff um another thing is is like (laughs) sigourney weaver and melanie griffith actually followed several female executives and secretaries on their hectic daily schedules and this was just a way for them to shadow them and kind of understand the way they worked and stuff like that yeah you know get a get a better perspective from the the female perspective yeah, of the business life of the 1980s business lady. Right. <laughs> um, Melanie Griffith won the Miss Golden Globes contest as a teenager, and later she won a competitive Golden Globe for her acting in Working Girl. She is the only actress to have ever done that. I don't know what Miss Golden Globes is. I forgot to look it up, but it sounds like a Miss Teen America pageant or something. <laughs> it sounds like she just won for her nice tits. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> to be honest, though, like, I don't know if I put this on in, in my notes later on, but, like, she was battling a really bad cocaine and drinking addiction, and I... I did think, like, she was kind of muted in tone, but the fact that she was able to win a Golden Globe for her acting while being high as fuck is amazing. I mean, it's saying something. I I don't know if it's a good something, but it is saying something. I don't know. It seems to be, like, a common skill in Hollywood to be able to hide your drug addiction while acting. Well, she didn't hide it very well. I didn't put this in, um... I didn't put this in uh, my trivia notes, but uh, she had actually come to work one day so fucked up that they literally had to suspend production. And she Ooh. lost, like, $30,000 of her salary. 
for that one day. So. Oh, shit. Um, so some of the other people who were considered for the role of Tess and Catherine included uh, Michelle um, Pfeiffer, uh, Meryl Streep, uh, also Brooke Shields uh, mm -hmm. wanted badly to take the role of Tess um, after she graduated from Princeton. Um, her and her eyebrows. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Kathleen Turner, Cher, Gina Davis, uh, Deborah Winger, and especially Shelley Long were all considered to play Catherine. Uh, Diane Lane, Sarah Jessica Parker uh, were in the talks to play Tess. And then... Um, I don't know well, who Lorraine Bracco is. <laughs> no, well, she wrote in her memoir... And that's that exactly she, why. <laughs> she gave her first audition as test and was devastated when she wasn't picked for the role. Um, so I'm, I'm so disappointed I didn't get to wear lingerie in a movie. So, I'm so disappointed I didn't get to show my tits. I really wanted to watch Alec Baldwin in person fuck that girl. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip the next thing I have in my notes because I really wanted to say something. Um, Melanie Griffith's real-life daughter is Dakota Johnson. Now, Ashlyn and I have done Fifty Shades of Grey, and apparently Dakota Johnson used the working girl promotion speech that she uses at the end of the movie in Fifty yeah. Shades Darker, which we're going to Ugh, be... Fifty Shades was awful. Well... Fifty Shades of Grey we did last year for our bad movie month. That's, like, that's one of our best episodes, Kay, thanks. It really is. But uh, because we did Fifty Shades of Grey last year for our bad movie, movie month, we're actually going to be continuing that uh, in July, and we're going to do Fifty Shades Darker in July. So, uh, Toasty, are you going to be here for that one? <laughs> well, I mean, if I feel like torture, sure. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah, see, Please electrify we... my balls some more. <laughs> uh, um, so another thing is Carly Simon's Let the River Run was the first of only two songs, the other being Bruce Springsteen's Streets of Philadelphia from Philadelphia. Uh, the movie came out in 1983. It was yeah. the first of only two songs to win all three majors awards, the Oscar, the Golden Globe, and the Grammy. While being composed, written, and performed by a single artist. Interesting. So the only way that this is going to be beat is if uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda does Hamilton as a movie and then they uh, do Best Original Song for the Oscar and Golden Globe. <laughs> we have a love affair with Lin-Manuel Miranda around we here. We just love him so much. Also, he's going to be on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If we could have him on this podcast, I would die. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Ashlyn, do you want to do the next one? <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, Emmy, Grammy, and Tony Award winner Cindy Lauper is currently working on a musical version of the movie. Her second musical after the highly acclaimed Kinky Boots. Nice. In uh, Kevin Wade's original script... Jack is disillusioned by the superficiality of the business he's in. In the final act of the story, he does not stand up for Tess in the elevator scene. It is Trask himself who decides to listen to her. 
Afterwards, he berates himself for not supporting her and tells Tess he's realized he's become someone he does not like. And the film ended with him quitting the industry and leaving New York to get in touch with himself. And then Tess Tess asks him to come back when he's done to see if they can start over. Thank God they did not go with that. That sounds like it would have been fucking awful. (laughs) <laughs> Toasty, what do you think? Would you have preferred that ending? It would have, it would have preferred. It would have proved that she didn't need trainer's dick to fucking get shit done. That mm. is fair. That is fair. But I still think it would have been a bad ending because they. It would have been an ending about him having to find himself, and there are thirty thousand movies about a man trying to find himself. So. <laughs> Also, in the first draft, uh, Catherine Parker was going to be a man. It wasn't going to be a female boss. It was going to be a male boss. I actually kind of like that they made it a female boss. Yeah. Um, so this movie was also nominated for... This movie was nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. For um, Best Supporting Actress was for Sigourney Weaver and Joan Cusack. So there was two Best Supporting Actress nominations. Nominated for Best Picture... And nominated for Best Director, and it won for Best Original Song. And then at the Golden Globes, it won Best Picture, Comedy, or Musical. It won Best Actress. And it won Best Supporting Actress, Sigourney Weaver. And it won Best Original Song. So Which original song? Was it that uh, choir one at the start? Yep. The Carly Simon Let the River Run. Yep. 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 <laughs> Apparently, we have no taste. <laughs> or all the taste <laughs> that's very true uh so that's that's it that's all i got for trivia um okay uh, so let's hear those tests oh yeah those tests all right so our first test uh, are you aware of any of these tests toasty do you know no any? not at all i'm going into this blind so don't <laughs> explain anything to me i prefer to not know what that what the hell's going on oh well it's too late um, I okay. explain every time. All right, so we have uh, the Bechdel test. A Bechdel test is when two named female characters are on screen alone talking about something other than a man. This passes because there are several times where Catherine and Tess or Tess and Sin are talking about something other than a man. So it's it's a good pass. It's very solid. Then we have the racial Bechdel test, which is two people of color who have a conversation on screen alone talking about something other than a white person. I think there's, like, one black woman in this entire movie, and she does not have a name. Oh, yeah. Does she even have a, does she even have a line? One, but I can't remember it. It's like she's in the group of secretaries as, uh, oh, yeah. as Tess is leaving Catherine's office. That's it. Um, wow. Then we have the uh, Macomori test. Uh, a woman who has a character arc that isn't about pushing a male narrative forward. This is a pass because ultimately this movie is not about her and Jack. It's about her coming into her own and discovering that she can be a boss ass bitch. And Jack is just a side piece. Yes. Mm-mm. Jack is the trophy in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun actually. Especially for an 80s movie. Um, DuVernay test. Uh, a person of color who has agency and who has a storyline that's not about pushing a white narrative forward. Again, uh-huh. totally passed, right? 
<laughs> this was the 80s. <laughs> we have already discussed on this podcast, this is the 80s. Black people do not exist. <laughs> uh, they still well, barely exist now. Yeah. Or a Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> or one of those many other black exploitation movies out there. Or, yeah. No, well, this same year that this movie came out, Coming to America came out, and that movie is considered, even though it's not technically a romantic comedy, but the love story is very much a romantic comedy. Well. It was the first, like, romance, uh, like, on-screen romance uh, between two, like, black people. Where that it was wasn't like, black exploitation. Exactly. I got you. Um, then we have the sexy lamp test. Can you replace a named female character with the sexy lamp from a Christmas story? And it not take away from the plot? Tessie, uh, what yeah. do you think? I think it, like, any female in the movie or one of the any main ones? Any named fe- any named female. Can you get rid of a named female, uh, and replace mm, her with I mean, a sexy her best lamp? friend was definitely useful being shitty because, I mean, no lamp's gonna be like, girl, you need to take that cheating boy back. Oh. And then her boss is kind of like, no, I don't think so. I think it passed. No, it what did not. What about Doreen? Well, who fucks the lamp? <laughs> Apparently <laughs> Alec Baldwin. Doreen had a name and she had speaking lines. She could be but replaced. But you can't fuck a lamp. You can't fuck a lamp. How do well, you replace... he did. A... <laughs> he has a foot fetish. He didn't. He likes electrocuting his balls, apparently. Ow, this is hot. <laughs> so yeah, it fails because, like, fuck Doreen. <laughs> she, she fucked it up. Sorry. Um, and then we have the Vito Russo test, which is, is there a person who identifies as LGBTQA plus in the movie who has agency, who is not just a stereotype, and who contributes to the plot beyond being just a stereotype or a token. This is an 80s movie. Of fucking course it fails. What are you talking it, about? Of course it fails. <laughs> so overall, two out of six. Which, for the 80s movies that we've actually discussed this so far this year, it's got the most. That's, that's pretty good, actually. We did um, Princess Bride and we did Labyrinth. They didn't pass any. Yeah, we, we like this. This is actually going to come out after our uh, our Breakfast Club, um, but we haven't recorded that one yet. So, uh, so now the question is: Is this movie feminist? Um, well, I'm a guy, so my opinion's worthless here. Because I well, mean, it's, still, I've never had to deal with that it. kind of shit. I've well, never been treated like shit, so I mean. Um, <laughs> Really, I have no idea. Uh, it's really up to you two because you're the ones who deal with that kind of bullshit and are fighting for it with feminism. So my opinion in this case doesn't matter. Oh, well, that's, I think. That's, that's, that's actually not – you can still, like, be a – you can be, still be a straight white dude and – Okay, okay, you know what? Then I will do this then. I feel like this movie was very anti-male. Where is the maleism? You know what? Here, okay, listen, listen. Here at the Feminist Critique, we support men's rights. Men's rights to shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, in May, our okay, ashtray. Okay, goodbye. 
<laughs> no, we're kidding. We're kidding. But no, seriously, for me, I think considering the t- uh, taking into account the historical, uh, you know, like the time period, um, taking in the types of movies that were coming out at this time, I would say that for its time, it's feminist. But I do agree with what Toasty said about it being very anti-woman with woman because the best friend is not super supportive and the main conflict is a woman against another woman. Like, yeah. basically, it likes to push that narrative of all women are fucking bitches to each other and you can't trust other women. It's only for yourself. That's the way I, I took does. it. No, I agree. I agree. Also, and that's a trope so that we many see a lot in. And, and that's the thing, though, like that whole women against women is a trope that we see quite often in romantic comedies. Like if there's two women who are like fighting for something in a workplace setting, like those two chicks hate each other. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the same time, though, for it being an 80s movie, it's super I'd say for the time it came out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's progressive as shit for the time it came out. Yeah, that's well, exactly. why like, this was when romantic comedies were still fucking good. And then, like, I don't know what the fuck happened in the 90s. And, well, like, the 90s, the it was 2000s. still, well, the 90s were still kind of okay. It really was the early 2000s with the rom-com boom where, like, what women want and how to lose a guy in 10 days came out and like basically between you got male like after you got male it's just like super toxic shit <laughs> you know so pretty much uh yeah uh so i don't think this yeah in this in this sense i think that there are feminist themes within it but the movie itself is not very feminist it's not yeah. a great movie for modern feminism no like no. white feminism of the eighties, perfection, but not. This now. isn't the kind of movie where you have a meeting and you're like, "All right, ladies, we're here to fight for feminism. We're going to watch Working Girl to give you the perfect example of what you're fighting for right now." Exactly, <laughs> that's fair. Um, would you agree, Ashley? So we're fighting for the rights to wear lingerie all the time. <laughs> yes, and and vacuum naked. I really hated that scene. Like, was she was actually naked? Fun. I wasn't paying attention she that much during that part. She was in a thong and a pair of heels. Vacuuming. So not naked, not naked then. Listen, I still don't know any woman that actually does that. I do it all the time. Ageline, don't lie. Don't you have a roommate, Ageline? <laughs> a racist roommate. And even before that, you're the guy's house whose basement you stayed, and I'm pretty sure him and his him and his gimp suit would have been all over that. <laughs> Oh my fucking god. So so here's the next question. We've established that it has feminist themes, but it is not especially feminist. So the next question is, is this a good movie? I no. think so. I thought it was, you know, middle of the road. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. Also not the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, I think that I there was... Well, I think there was, like, sometimes, like, the acting for her to get an, act, uh, like, Oscar nomination was, blew my mind. Um, <laughs> it really did. Like, it's not the best acting I've ever seen. Um, I just, I feel like it could have been a little more polished. Um, I don't know. Like, watching this movie or in general, because that time period or whatever, like, I don't know if it was just you, but, like, so I was 
born in 1988, so, like, watching this, like, everything that Tess looked like looked like my mother. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like, is this my mother on screen? Because, like, it looked a so lot like So all those my years mother. of abandonment and being an orphan, you're like, mother, is that you? Mama, I miss you. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, my thing is, is like, I, I would never like watch this movie again. Yeah, I feel like there's, I feel like there's a tone issue. Like, I, I do agree with what Toasty said, where it's trying to be too many things at once, and it kind mm-hmm. of falls flat in a lot of places. Um, for a romantic comedy, there's very little romance. The main romantic lead doesn't show up until almost, like, 40 minutes into the film. Yeah. Um, you know what this movie really could have needed? I think they would have made it a perfect movie. More naked ladies. Am I right, fellas? No, I'm just kidding here. <laughs> More I nudity. Feel, I feel like if they were to remake this movie... I feel like Tess could have slept her way to the top more. You know? Tess <laughs> 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 didn't do it, right? Tess is the world of business. I she honestly, wore too many clothes, or too much clothes, I, honestly, I feel, during the whole movie. I, honestly I think, think what that... you're talking about is that porno version that you saw on <laughs> Pornhub. Oh, Chewbacca! Um, I do honestly think, though, that if they, if they were to remake this film and they gave it a female director, probably would be much better. You know, because I feel like there was a lot of focus on nudity of female characters for no reason. There's really not that much nudity. It was like twice, though. I didn't feel like there was really that much focus on it. Yeah, but, but the, the sexiness TV. of women, though. But you know, you with the dress, with her boobs out, and the lingerie and all that shit. Yeah, like, you could literally take those parts out because they don't matter to the plot, and you could take out, like, two F-words. Agreed. You know what? PG, I hate unnecessary nudity. <laughs> it does nothing for the movie, so, you know, it's... Is, and I hate that shit. I hate. I hate the whole. Let's add nudity for the sake of nudity. Like, That's exactly you know, what it felt like. I like nudity, but well, but wait, it's just like there's not fucking rated R. Yes, this movie was rated R. Oh man, it was the eighties, Ashley. I mean, they could have took that out, and it could have been PG thirteen. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's exactly what I said. If they'd have taken out the boobs and take took away like two f words, it would have been PG thirteen. And can I say, can we take, could they have taken out at least fucking Alec Baldwin's hairy chest, you know, then we could have gotten PG. His hairy nipples, that shit should be rated R. He looked like he had just walked off a porno set, so. (laughs) But you weren't into that? No, not at all. I do not like hair. I was totally into that. After hugging a very shaggy dog. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, uh, so that's, that's With his shirt off. That's the movie. Um, next month. We are going to be doing uh, animated films. We're doing a little bit of a mix. Um, and I think our first one is going to be The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. So, so that's going to be we're a doing... fun discussion. Yeah, and then we're doing like one more and then we're doing two anime films. Cause... I think we might divide it up. So we might do uh, a yeah. silent voice after that. But Hunchback of Notre Dame is going to be next week's episode when you're listening to this. Um, yeah. Ooh, that movie is so not good for feminism. Oh boy. But, oh no, not true. Esmeralda was pretty fucking tough. Yeah. So uh, that's why we're gonna discuss but it. She gets treated like shit. Like any other thirteenth century woman. Uh, so, uh, is there anything that you want to promote, Toasty? Uh, 
promote yourself. Well, I mean, I'm launching a new podcast, and I don't know if it'd be really that interesting. Uh, it's called, or it's going to be called, "What's Burning My Ass," and I rant about shit, basically. Oh my god, stuff I, I hate. Love it. First episode is going to be the word LOL or LOL because that is trash as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> What's your second A little preview for you. I started to hate it as soon as I heard the first person say, oh, LOL. It's like you're not even fucking laughing. You're just saying LOL. You're not laughing at the person's joke, you asshole. Oh, Just a little taste of what your, you can look uh, forward to. Is your second to. episode going to be on the word bay? Ooh, I'm going to add that to the list. Thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. That's a good one. Um, do you no, have I hate any, a lot uh, of shit. Do you have a Twitter feed or anything? I don't fuck. I barely use my Twitter at all. <laughs> it's useless. Get used to it it's... if you're opening a podcast. Yeah, if you're doing it's a your podcast, best medium. Make sure you do well, Twitter. Do anyway. Yeah, okay. I would do Twitter for sure. And then right, well, um, if you're going to post it anywhere, make sure you put it on Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, and Spotify. Yeah. All pretty right, well, for everyone who, who, of all the people out there, the one person who liked what I had to say today, watch out for what's burning my ass. <laughs> nice. All right, so um, some links for us. We have our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Feminist Critique Podcast. We have our Gmail, which is the Feminist Critique Podcast at gmail.com. You can make sure uh, you guys send us emails because we love getting them, whether it's suggestions or telling us how great we are because I'm obsessed with myself. Um, please, please send us emails. Yes. Um, also, don't forget to go check out Ashley's Pornhub uh, page as well. It's pornhub.com slash Seamus. <laughs> um, I would also like to, uh, you know, promote my own Twitter, which is at South of Grace, which I, I am so proud of myself because you can ask Ashley, I am the world's worst with social media. I have gotten very active on my Twitter compared to when we first started this podcast. I tweet yep, at least yeah. once a day. I feel so proud. Um, uh, da, 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 da. and I think that's it on my end, Ajleen. Besides your Pornhub, um, what else would you like to promote? <laughs> well, my Pornhub is no. Um, She's also got a, her own porn website. Yeah, um, it's Seamus dot com. Um, <laughs> oh, I got some Seamus for you. <laughs> a big whole lot of Seamus. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm about to come with my Seamus. Watch out. Okay, so um, our Twitter is Feminist Pod over on Twitter. You can also check us out on Tumblr, the Feminist Critique Podcast. And uh, we are also, oh, I'm also on both Twitter and Instagram as Ajeline's, A I S L E N E S. And you can check out my Instagram, uh, my drag Instagram, which is Aurora uh, Borealis. Which is ass at the end instead of the is, so that's uh, what a drag. I know it's such a drag. Um, and I think that's <laughs> you're so funny, Tessie. <laughs> Shut Thanks. the fuck up, God. <laughs> Sick of your shit. Hashtag feminism. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. <laughs> okay.